everyone, welcome to Neural Talks International episode 5 today, where we have the hottest and the newest and the most updated discussions about the clinical presentation, diagnoses, and treatments of different neurological disorders. My name is Ray Yuan, I'm your host today, and today we have the one and only, our founder, Dr. Fernando Ortiz, as well as Dr. Nichelle Kotari. The discussion in order today would be how to differentiate between multiple sclerosis, NMOs, and MOG spectrum disorders. We hope you like our show today. We're passionate in what we do. Thank you. Hello, doctor. How are you? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Hi, Fernando. I'm good. How are you doing today? Very fine, doctor. Could you please tell us about yourself? Of course. Uh, I'm Nichelle Kothari. I am a medical graduate from Jawaharlal Nehru Medical College in India. And uh, Fernando and I met because of our common passion for neurology, and both of us are USM lead neurology applicants for this year. And we wish you nothing but the best, and we are pretty sure you will match in, into your dream program. Thank you so much, Fernando. Likewise. So we're going to talk today about MS, NMO, uh, so, doctor, let's just start with the epidemiology. Could you tell us the epidemiology in these three diseases? Yes, of course. So uh, my plan for today is I'm going to be clinically distinguishing all of these three diseases, which is multiple sclerosis, neuromyelitis optica spectrum disorder, also known as Devix disease, and myelin oligodendrocyte glycoprotein-associated disease. So uh, I would first like to touch upon the ep epidemiology of these three diseases. MS and NMO spectrum disorder tends to be more common in women, has a female predominance, whereas MOG has no such distinguishing characters. It's almost equally predominant in male and females. MS tends to be more common in the Caucasian population, and it's a very latitude uh, dependent disease. And I think a possible cause for that is vitamin D deficiency. Uh, apart from that, NMO actually tends to be more common in Asian and African races. So in India, I tend to encounter a lot of NMO cases actually. Yes, that's a good fact. You have a patient with these symptoms in Europe is probably MS, but if you have a myelopathy, it's probably an MO, right? Yes, of course. And a very important clinical pearl that I would like to add here would be that NMO has a lot of coexisting autoimmune conditions, such as SLE, antiphospholipid syndrome, myasthenia gravis. So I think it's very, very important when you have a diagnosis of NMO to watch out for these coexisting conditions as well. Yes, doctor, I agree. So, doctor, what are the, clinic, the clinical features in the, uh, let's go with the eye. How, what's the clinical presentation in the eye in, in MS, NMO, and MOC? Of course, Fernando. So, all three of them tends to tend to have optic neuritis, but there are some very key subtle differences, I think, which are quite interesting and, you know, I think they're very, very clinically important. So, MS... Uh, the optic neuritis tends to be more uh, unilateral. It 
when you consider the lesions, it tends to be more anterior and more shorter segment involvement of the optic nerve. And the recovery for MS optic neuritis is extremely good compared to the art, uh, compared to NMO. NMO is the worst of the lot where it has greater than half the optic nerve involvement, tends to be more bilateral, actually very frequently involves the optic chiasm. And um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I would like to add on NMO. And finally, coming to MOG, uh, the thing I would like to uh, talk about MOG is that the optic neuritis tends to be more monofocal. So it does not have that many relapses and it tends to more commonly present only with optic neuritis. The optic neuritis of MOG tends to be long segment, but it's anterior. So it's kind of like, a, you know, it's like kind of like a cool combination between MS and uh, NMO spectrum disorder. And another unique thing about MOG is that the severity of the optic neuritis is as bad as NMO, but the recovery is as good as MS. So it's, you know, it's truly a combination of the two. Very interesting, doctor. Now let's dive into the co spinal uh, cord. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. And other clinical pearl that I would really like to touch upon is that whenever you have a patient with optic neuritis, always and always just treat it with, as it was NMO spectrum disorder because this is a very time-sensitive disease. So, and it can cause retinal ischemia and it has a very poor prognosis. So always, if you have optic neuritis, treat it like it was NMO, start the treatment as soon as possible because it's a very time-sensitive disease again. I agree, doctor. Thank you for that clinical part. It was amazing. Now, <laughs> let's go with the spinal cord. So how these myelopathies present? Let's start with MS, doc. Of course, of course, Fernando. So uh, again, with MS, the lesions tend to be actually more towards the periphery of the cord. It tends to have a shorter vertical segment involvement, precisely less than three vertical segments. Whereas when you consider NMO spectrum disorder and MOG, NMO and MOG both tend to have something known as uh, laterally extensive transverse myelitis, longitudinally extensive transverse myelitis, I'm so sorry. So it involves greater than three segments and a very important distinguishing character between, I think, oh, and it involves greater than three segments in both of these diseases. A very key distinguishing factor between NMO and MOG is that NMO tends to involve more of the cervical and thoracic cord, whereas MOG tends to involve the caudal regions more commonly. That was a very detailed explanation, doctor. Um, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. I forgot another point again. Oh, it's okay, uh, doc. Pardon me. Bring that up. Uh, I'm so sorry again. So NMO and MOG actually tends to involve both the white and the gray matter. So, and it tends to have more of a central presentation. Whereas again, like I already said, MS tends to have a more peripheral presentation. Yes, 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 Doc. That's, that's very true. Uh, what about you, you do an MRI? Where do you see the lesions in these diseases? Of course, this is again a very like 
a key distinguishing factor. Actually, we will be touching upon this very, very specifically in our next podcast when we discuss the uh, diagnostic criteria for all of these diseases. But I will briefly touch upon these things right now. So the lesions with MS actually tend to be more focal and distinct. It has a more ovoid presentation and the lesions are usually periventricular. And there's a very, very distinct key feature of MS. There's this thing called Dawson fingers, which is a very classic MRI presentation of MS. Apart from that, when we consider MOG, sorry, when we consider NMO spectrum disorder, the lesions tend to be more localized around the third and the fourth ventricle, precisely the area postrema. So that's a very uh, distinct thing about NMO, where it has something known as an area postrema syndrome, where the patients tend to have intractable hiccups, nausea, vomiting, narcolepsy, weight loss. And those are very uh, distinguishing characters of NMO. Compare and contrast that with MOG. MOG is mainly a brainstem, it's very brainstem located. And it also tends to involve the deep gray matter, like the thalamus and the basal ganglia. And the NMO actually also involves the hypothalamus, the thalamus, the diencephalon, and things of that nature. Yes, doctor, these patients keep vomiting, vomiting, and vomiting. Their hiccups never stop. And yeah, what you say about yeah. the narcolepsy is also called diencephalic syndrome. Very interesting. I just read about yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's truly interesting. And it actually presents like a classic, classic diencephalic syndrome where they have uh, narcolepsy, where they have low hypocritin levels as well. So, you know, I think that's very unique and very interesting, actually. Yes, doctor. And finally, before we finish the first part, could you tell us about the progression of the of the disease and the relapses? Of course. So uh, this is actually, I think this is a very this is very important because you want to assess how frequently you should call these people back for follow-ups, how frequently you should do their MRIs. So I think knowing having a little bit of knowledge on this is quite crucial for anyone. So MS tends to be a very tends to have a very progressive course and uh, compare and contrast that with NMO spectrum disorder. NMO spectrum disorder tends to have a lot of relapse. And the very unique thing about the relapse is the relapses are very, very severe and the recovery is very poor from these relapses. So it's, it's quite heartbreaking. And it tends to have a lot of ischemia and necrosis as well. So it can cause things like spinal cord atrophy, um and a lot of residual symptoms as well and when finally uh when we talk about mog mog uh lesions tend to be more monofocal so imagine if you had a patient when uh, they presented they had 15 lesions when you probably observe them a while later a few months later you might almost have nailed to one or two lesions so that's a very unique characteristic of mog is that uh the lesions almost resolve completely Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's quite interesting, Doc. So in the second part of the episode, we are going to discuss the diagnosis of these diseases. Uh, we'll see you soon. Um, and thank you for all the audience. Thank you so much, Fernando. Really, it's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. That was a great session by Dr. 
uh, Ortiz and Dr. Kotari. Thank you so much. Just in case if you missed it, uh, listeners, we have a session here that focuses on a Q&A session that focuses on the most high yield points. And I'm gonna ask some questions to Dr. Ortiz right now. So Dr. Ortiz, question number one, between MS, NMOs, and MOG, which disease is most associated or more associated with autoimmune disorders? Yes, so the answer would be Neuromyelitis Optica Spectrum Disorder, NMO. Great, follow-up question here. So what are the most common autoimmune disorders associated with NMO? It would be myasthenia gravis, lupus, celiac disease, and Sjogren syndrome. You might see a patient with optic neuritis and droopy eyes. I mean, you know what's, what's happening. And it's because this disorder may occur together. And it appears to be because aquapurin 4 is also found in the thymus. And the connection seems to be there. Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, last question here. What do we see on a CSF in a lumbar function in NMO versus compared to MS? Yes. So you see lymphocytic pleocytosis, but you can also see polymorphonuclear uh, lymphocytosis, uh, but mainly lymphocytic pleocytosis, and you don't see oligoclonal bands as much as you see in MS. And just uh, remember, oligoclonal bands in MS can replace dissemination in time when you're doing the McDonald criteria. I know it's difficult to remember, but it's very useful. <laughs> Thank you so much, sir. Okay, moving on to the next session. Thank you for your time, sir. Yes, thank you. Wonderful episode.